Welcome back, Snippet Sports listeners. Happy Friday. Jan's here. We got Jay, Braz, and Johnny. Everyone's really excited today. Before we get into everything we have planned for you guys, want to welcome an absolute clown that we added to the team, Charlie Levine Wolf. We're all really excited about it. Johnny, I know you wanted to say a few words about this historic ad. I mean, I wish I was involved in the discussions of us adding a team member, but I guess we're here and he's on the team. So welcome aboard. Can't wait to roast you, kid. He's a big golfs guy. Um, so you guys will be getting a lot of golfers and college sports coverage from Charlie. Um, not the smartest kid in the world. We'll see what he brings to the table. Could be a quick dismissal. Um, it's kind of primetime dismissal season. We'll see what happens. Yeah, everyone's obviously on the chopping block at all times. Johnny, I, I just wanted to let you know how unimportant you are. That's why I didn't consult you about adding Charlie to the team. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, you are the, the tiniest brain member of the group, so Charlie at least is probably below you, so that'll make you feel better. We'll see where it goes. Um, all right, guys, we want to start with our new favorite segment that has been going on for about six-ish weeks now, eight weeks, nine weeks, something like that. AJ, it's your question. What is more likely? All right, boys. Um, Jans, you're going to call me a homer at some point during this, so just let me talk. All right, so for this week's what's more likely, I got which is more likely, which team is more likely to win a championship first? All right, so I picked one team from each sport who has yet to win a championship. And obviously you all know where this is going. The Vikings are on the list, but it is because I had to choose teams that were in the running because that's the best way to do it. So we're going to start with hockey. We got the Vancouver Canucks, who are 0 for 3 in their um, attempts at winning the Stanley Cup. Um, for basketball, I had to go with the L.A. Clippers. Um, they've never even made it to a uh, finals, so that is the NBA pick. From MLB, I went with the San Diego Padres. Uh, they are 0 of 2. And then with the NFL, I had to go with the Vikings. Um, out of all the teams that didn't win a Super Bowl yet, the Vikings were clearly like the best team on the list. Um, and they're 0 for 4 in Super Bowls. So, boys, which team is most likely to win a championship first? Yeah, I'm just take it away. Okay, I'm not going to call you a homer um, because I only call you an ho- a homer when it's just blatant. But that was good reasoning. There was rationale behind it. That's right. All I needed was time to talk because it was a good reasoning to pick that. You yes, left off the Wolves, kid. What? You left off the Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> 75% of Minnesota's in that question. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> oh like, the Wolves obviously the sad like the saddest franchise in the NBA, but once we get both though. In, <laughs> in we'll say in regards to your question, I think it's clear that it's the Clippers. I just, I think they're a lock to win it this year. I think that the Lakers okay. might not even get out of the first round, like I've said, they might lose to Portland. We'll see where that goes. I think it at least goes six or seven. They should still be able to handle them. I'm sure LeBron will turn it on. The Rockets, I thought, would be a good matchup. Russell Westbrook, he's hurt now. So we'll see when he comes back. He might be out for that series if it ends up happening. I I think that there's absolutely zero chance the Lakers get past the Clippers, though, and the Clippers are by far the best and deepest team in the league. They will be the first to win the championship. So just really quick, I think our listeners need to know Jan's definition of a lock that we – figured out from last night so yeah do you want to explain what a lock means to yeah us? i'll tell everyone because everyone knows that i'm the maestro of the picks page i give you guys winners every night jay continue to fade him but anyways last night um i decided that there was no way portland was losing because the nets they had no reason to win they were locked in at the seventh seed in the east portland had to win it was winner go home time and damian lillard it's a lock it's an absolute lock I threw $300 to win 55 on it. Um, and it was a little nerve-wracking in the fourth quarter. The Blazers were down seven with about, you know, halfway through the fourth. They were down, you know, four, then three, then, you know, four again, all back and forth. They end up squeaking by. Karis LeVert went to Michigan, best-kept secret in the NBA, absolute bucket. Um, missed a game winner. He had, like, 39, but he ended up missing the game winner. And... Um, Portland won. Now, Jay's thing is, oh, it wasn't a lock because it was close. It was a lock because okay. of why I took it. I wrote my words, but yes, a lock you should not have to worry about up until the last shot. 
I, my definition of a lock is it's going to hit no matter what. So I wasn't worried about Portland even when it was close to the fourth. There was no way not letting him lose. Do not lie to yourself. You were worried when I when Kar- when Karras had the ball. You still considered no chance. Okay, I was a little worried last play of the game. That was it, though. I thought I just some, the universe was not going to allow that ball to go through the hoop. All right, fair. Let's get back to the topic. <laughs> All right, topic at hand: Clippers. Who's next? Raz, you take it. I'll take it. I I gotta say the Clippers too, and for the reasoning of the question is which team is most likely to win a championship next. Like Jan said, I believe the Clippers make it out of the West. They're the deepest team. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say they are a lock to win the finals. There's another team in the Eastern Conference um, by the name of the Milwaukee Bucks that are going to give them a run for their money. But um, we obviously know it's not the Minnesota Vikings, guys. I mean, let's be real. I mean, I like to akin the Vikings to the post office because neither deliver on Sundays. Um so there's no way in hell that the Vikings will win a Super Bowl as long as I am alive. Um, so I think the Clippers are the easy answer here. I mean, that was pretty funny. Props. That's a good joke. I got a, I got more where that came from. Almost as good as Jordan Love at 26. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to move on to my answer. And, guys, I really – you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Clippers for the obvious reasons. You got Kawhi. You got Paul George. They're going to win a chip with those guys. However, I'm going to shift my focus here to Vancouver. Vancouver. Thank you. I knew, John, I knew you would bring something. The, the, the Clippers are my answer. Yep. Vancouver. They are super young. I mean, they're just, they just went up 1-0 on the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. They're super young. Quinn Hughes, the best young defenseman in the league. Many people think he's already a top five, top ten defenseman. Like, this dude is insane. Any chance you get to watch Vancouver, put it on. Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Burnsville Native, they are sick up front. They're going to they are gonna win a cup. Um, it is the answer is the Clippers. I also want to talk about the Padres, too, because the Padres, I like I like them as a dark horse. I mean, they're not going to win it this year. Um, but Fernando Tatis, that shortstop's a beast. They just signed Manny Machado a few years back. Their pitching staff's been a lot better as of late. Paddock, they got Will Myers. So, like, the Padres are a young team that might be able to get it done. Pretty surprising they couldn't with Tony Gwynn. Uh, a while back, but like I like all these chances. I mean, if I'm gonna order them, um, the Vikings are coming in at it three, three. Um, I'm gonna my my final order would be Clippers, Canucks, Vikes, Padres. I do think they all are on the rise though, and are, are all trending in the right direction. John, I'm glad you brought up a few of those other teams. I mean, yeah, the obvious answer was going with the Clippers, um, and it was impossible to leave them out just because of how high their chance of winning their first one is this year. So I wanted to leave them out just for the sake of the question, but John, I'm, I'm glad you brought up some of the other teams, but yeah, I mean, I got to go with the Clippers as well. Um, I do really like um, the Padres and I haven't followed hockey as much, but I obviously saw what the Canucks did to the wild. Um, they won three straight games to beat them in that first round, the qualifying round, I think it was called. So yeah, Clippers are my answer, but John, I'm glad you brought up some of those other teams. John, it was good to hear you give the full picture. I want to rephrase just a little bit. I'm going to put an asterisk next to my lock. There. Assuming they stay healthy. Is that fair? Can I throw that in there? I mean, I think that's just like, that should be given. Okay. Like, okay. That's given. So yeah, if they, assuming they stay healthy, I think it's a, I think it's a lock. I will triple down. I will double down. I'm going to bet on their series price every single time. Just lock it in. Lock it in. I want money throwing, being thrown around. Okay. Great question, AJ. Um, Johnny, give me the NHL update. What's going on over there? The NHL update? I mean, there's a game going on right now. Believe it or not, I got my eyes on it. Um, so if I, if one thing is in the ear out the other ear, it's because this game's 2-2 in the second period. Uh, it's because you're beyond talk. But anyways, I mean, I talked about this on my snippet pod update, but the two biggest favorites in the play-in lost in Edmonton and Pittsburgh, so that was a huge shocker. And all these series have been really good. I mean, Vegas, the biggest favorite in the second round. Chicago took them to OT yesterday, and they probably should have won that game. So there's just been a lot of good games flying around. I mean, New York Islanders beating up on the Washington Capitals in game one. Big Ben's not too happy about that. That game's coming up later today. The Flyers, though, if you want to watch a fun team, everyone out there, watch the Philadelphia Flyers. These guys are sick, kind of hot, as I like to call them with my Boston accent. 22 years old. He's their goaltender for the next 15 years. 
watch the Philadelphia Flyers. They're going to be a powerhouse here. But, yeah, the NHL playoffs have been really good. Um, it's been fun to watch, and I'm looking forward to the NBA getting going here too. John, can you talk about that five-overtime game real quick? Yeah, I should have mentioned that. That five-overtime game, the fourth longest game in NHL history. I just, at that point, I wanted it just to, like, get the record. And yeah. the craziest thing about that game, Jonas Corposalo, the Columbus Blue Jackets goalie, had the most saves ever in an NHL game. 85 saves off 88 shots, and he lost. So, like, he has the record, fourth longest game ever, and he lost the game. Pretty crazy, but Columbus, I don't know if you saw the tweet today. They are the most resilient team in sports right now. We can talk about this night and day. They blow a three-goal lead in game four of the play-in series, five minutes left, come back, win an elimination game, lose in the fourth longest. They played seven and a half periods. Lose, what do they do? They get down 1-0 the next game, win 3-1. So, like, that team is so well coached. I love watching them. Johnny, one more quick question for the listeners. What is the longest game? In the the next- longest game ever, I believe it went eight – total of eight periods so it would have been like another 20 minutes or so i want to say i think this game went 92 minutes no that's way off 92 minutes of extra time the next one was like 115 okay interesting yeah so hockey fun time right now in the nhl hate that the caps lost when they were up to nothing absolutely blew it against david prusan's new york islanders i'm going to vomit if the Caps lose tonight, can't get down too well. We'll see. We'll see what we got in store. I'm gonna need Holpe to figure it out a little bit. That's my guy. I believe in him. Come playoff time, we'll see where we go. Um, hey, I'm gonna move to the NBA. Um, I'm gonna take over real quick. I've absolutely loved the bubble. Um, I think that the Suns were the surprise team, obviously going eight and zero. Shaquille O'Neal did give a good point last night on the TNT GameCast. He said that I need to see more from the Suns. Everyone's hyping him up, saying that they've turned the corner. But he did point out this is an AAU style of format. This is a summer camp type of format that all these players are used to. I mean, in high school, this is what you play in while you were trying to get recruited. And, you know, it just had a different feel than when you were playing in a formal game, per se. So any team can really go out there and go off. The Suns played a lot of teams who were without their starters. So I would like to see where they come in next year. Um, Other than that, though, I thought Portland has really stepped up big time. Obviously, Damian Lillard hit a three from the logo last night. That's just absurd. So they play the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow in the first of possibly two in a play-in series. If Portland wins that game, it's over, and they're the eighth seed. If Memphis wins that game, then they have to play a second game where Memphis has to win again to take that eighth seed. Um, So that should be fun. I had a buddy ask me what's the line going to come out as in that game. My guess was minus six and a half. It just came out at minus six. So that felt good. Thank you. Um, Expertise is on the picks page, baby. You got to love it. Yeah, for all of you (laughs) For all the listeners, I changed my expertise to the picks page um, on our site. So take Portland, by the way, um, when that game happens. I like them minus six to come out and win that game handedly. Um, But, yeah, the NBA has been fun. The Clippers have still looked like the dominant force in the West. Um, And it looks like the Raptors even uh, will give – Blake, your your uh, bucks to run for their money. Yeah, I'm I'm watching them right now. They're my pick today, but I want to just mention real quickly. I want your thoughts on the the Giannis headbutt on on your guy Mo Wagner. Okay, so Mo Wagner. Um, for all of you that don't know, I have a huge affinity for him, and a big reason is he went to the University of Michigan. We play in the national title game. He's shut up, Johnny. Um, <laughs> He, he was absolutely unreal in college. Um, he's been pretty good with the Wizards, um, actually dropped over 30 points against Carl Anthony Towns this year. And so he's really good at getting under players' skin. Um, he, he's annoying. I mean, he really is annoying. He flails his body around. He dives on the floor. He's flopping everywhere. He's an annoying player to play against, and he, he's physical. Takes a lot of charges. Obviously, he got under the skin of a superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis couldn't handle the fire, and he got out of his element and head-butted Mo Wagner, and I love that he earned him a one-game suspension. That's fine, as long as he's not missing any of the playoff games. Play Memphis, whatever, lose that game doesn't mean shit. But, um, sorry, go ahead, keep going. 
No, that that's really all I had on Mo Wagner. Um, I, I thought it was amazing that, that he really got under his skin. Obviously, it didn't matter. Um, Braz, did you throw your hand up again? Yeah, sorry. I, I just remembered what I was about to say. Your Wizards only winning one game in this play-in tournament or regular season in these eight games. How do you got how do you feel about that? If they would have lost, they would have finished below two teams that didn't even make okay. the play this regular season. Okay, I'm getting grilled about my team right now. First off, I want to flash the shirt to everyone. Wizard shirt, wash the hands, COVID theme. Um, absolutely great merchandise from Ted Leonsis over at the Wizards. Now, only winning one game, I'm not upset about it. I mean, I would obviously I would like to have seen us win more. Who wouldn't? But at the end of the day. We left off Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal didn't come down. Davis Bertans, one of the best shooters in the NBA, didn't come down. Um, Shabazz Napier, our, one of our best scorers after that, decided to not play the last few games. Rui Hachimura didn't play in the last game. I mean, we really had no consistent offense. For most games, every single one of our starter, I think actually for, for – yeah, for most of our games, every single one of our starter was 23 years old or younger. I mean – how do you expect to win against teams who are out here fighting for seeding and trying to make the playoffs when you leave your superstar at home, you leave one of the best shooters in the league at home, and then all of the rest of your players are under 23 years old? I mean, John Wall gets $40 million a year, and he's not playing. So our three best players on the roster right there are gone. So I'm not upset that we didn't win. We only won one game. I was actually happy with the improvement I saw from Thomas Bryant. I now think he's the best center on the team. He's better than Mo Wagner now. He wasn't for most of the year. Um, Rui Hachimura didn't look great when he was keyed on. He was getting double teamed a lot as our best player that was left on the roster. I think this will be a good learning curve for him. Troy Brown had to handle the ball more. So I was happy with how they looked to develop. Everyone who's chirping me about the fact that they didn't win games, like, get off me. Like, they have no players. Who expected them to win games? Not me. I just think it's kind of embarrassing that they nearly finished below two teams that didn't even make it to the restart. But that's that's a, it's but all about the experience, our, right? It's all about the experience. We didn't have our team. <laughs> we rolled out a summer league roster. It was our G League team out there. Anyways. Okay, AJ, I want to move on to the MLB. What's going on in that world? Um, so I think the biggest story so far uh, or recently has been the downwards trend of uh, COVID results, which is obviously amazing. Um, the Cardinals are going to have a tough little restart to their season. Um, they're going to be playing 21 games in August, including four double headers and 32 games in September. Um, and that'll only bring them to 58 games total. So they're playing that many games that short of a time. And they're going to finish two games under um, the proposed 60 when they started the season. And that is being left up just in case they don't even need to play them. If they do for playoffs, they'll figure that out um, come the end of the season. Um, but going back into the COVID results. Um, so in the past weeks, there have only been four out of 12,301 samples um, that have that were new positives. Um, so that means that no one from any of the other teams besides the Cardinals have tested positive, uh, which obviously great. We're seeing the NBA and NHL have even better results, which is crazy to say, but they've had zero um, positive results. So, I mean, MLB is getting close to that, and they're not even in a bubble. So that's really good seeing, especially when there were talks of people worried that the season was just going to be halted uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So that's obviously good to see. Um, what else do I want to talk Oh, um, Charlie Blackman, I'm sure most of you guys have heard about his amazing season. He was hitting 500 over 15 games in the season, over a fourth of the way into the season. The dude was hitting 500. And a lot of people are saying, like, oh, it's, all, it's a shortened season. But I think it's still ridiculous. No matter how long the season is, this guy is literally on watch of hitting above 400, which is just crazy. Um, another thing that I want to bring up, is so many people hating on the AL Central coming into the season. And we have four teams above 500, which is just ridiculous. And I know it is a weird season, and I've talked about that, how I don't think the best team is going to win the World Series, but four teams in the AL Central are above 500. It's the only um, division in the whole MLB that can say that, which I think is pretty nice. Um, and then on my own Minnesota Twins team, Johnny, just one sec, we have the best pitcher in MLB history, and that's not even an over-exaggeration. Randy Dobnik is literally the best statistically stated 
pitcher in the MLB. And you can't prove me wrong. So that's that's my take on the MLB this, this week. Not up for debate. Innings pitch doesn't matter. Nope. I could go get one out and I'd be the best pitcher ever. Um, I would get an out. It'd be a three-pitch strikeout. But anyway, AJ, I just want to say on your thing on the AL Central, I see I – I think this division is – the Royals surprised me. The Tigers surprised me, no doubt. I think this division, though, is still really weak. Just on the outside, it looks better because these bad teams are just beating up on each other. What do you think about that? Oh, no, I, I'm totally jo- – like, I still think AL Central is probably one of the worst divisions. Um, but I just think it's hilarious how we somehow managed to have four teams about 500. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the Tigers sitting at 9-7 and right now is – I don't know, Jans. I know that's. I think that's your team. I, I always get confused about your teams. It's the it's, it's Nats one and okay. Tigers one B. Oh, you got like a fifty percent chance in each league if you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the Tigers like are definitely a surprise team. Um, I think everyone going into the season was like Twins, um, and Indians, and everyone knew the White Sox were on the rise. Um, the Indians' offense just really hasn't been there this year. Their pitching staff is they are really pulling the pulling the way right now, but in a condensed season, playing this many games, uh, such a short amount of time, I don't know how long their pitching is going to be able to kind of carry the way. So I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox were able to take that number two spot uh, come the end of the season. Uh, I don't exactly know what the playoff situation is like, but if it's possible for three teams to make playoffs in that division, I really think it is possible with the White Sox and Indians sneaking in. So I want to add um, about the Tigers is that this is going to go away. The the Tigers are not going to finish above 500. They do this every single year. Um, When they're good, they start off terribly and they end good. And when they're bad, they start off over 500 and then they fade. I mean, last year, after about a week and a half, they were the number one team in the AL Central. And I was chirping everyone for it because I'm surrounded by Twins fans. And I I knew it was never going to come to, you know, fruition or anything. Johnny, give me crap, whatever. A lot of memories of the Detroit Tigers, but Nationals have been my 1A. for. If they play each other in the World Series, I'm a Nationals fan. I'll put it that way. Um, but with, I want to do add one thing about the Nationals with Juan Soto coming back. I mean, he's been absolutely unreal, just hitting bombs. I mean, he had a home run that was over 460 feet the other day. Um, since he has come back, he's batting over 400, I believe. Juan Soto is batting 414 right now. Um, he's hit he hit three home runs in the span of 24 hours. I know Mookie Betts had an amazing game last night. I'm just saying it's great to see the young Soto pick up exactly where he left off and look even better. Just unfortunate that the Nats suck. Yeah, on top of that, Mookie Betts, I think that was his sixth career three home run game, which tied Sammy Sosa. Um, and one other player, I forgot who it was, but that is just ridiculous. Um, having three home runs in one game, I know Nelson Cruz did against the White Sox last year, but this guy's done it six times. I, I, it is just incredible. Um, but one other team that I just wanted to really touch on was the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they're sitting at 13-3 atop the whole MLB, um, which I think is crazy. I did not think that they would be one of the best teams coming into the season. Um, John Lester has been killing it. I know for sure. Um, who else was it? Um, oh, you Darvish had a great game last night. Uh, he had a no-hitter into the seventh, I want to say, and then gave up a home run. I think they were playing the Brewers too, Blake. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you Darvish had that no-hitter going to like the seventh or something. But they are they are a really good team right now. They're sitting at 13-3, and three, top of the league. So that's hype. It was – Great MLB update. I feel like we're, we're, we're doing great, guys. I just love how sports – I love where we're at. I'm just having fun. We got the bubbles. We got the MLB. Everyone thought the MLB was going in the toilet, but now it's back. So I'm feeling good. I'm excited to see where this goes, and I can't wait to continue to give you guys more elite picks throughout the playoffs. Moving on, let's go college football postponing this season. Now, AJ – um, the way this is written, it says that this is all of college football. I, I, to my understanding, couple of a uh, couple of conferences have, have not decided that they won't play. I hear the SEC is still trying, the ACC is still trying, and who else? The Big Twelve. They doubled down. Big Twelve. So, here's uh, why you're calling me out on this. Or was it not you that wrote that? It was Braz, but I don't think he intended it for what it. I means. didn't intend it to be the entire collegiate. Yeah. Football, just That's the right, specific conferences. 
Yeah, he put confidence. I I understood it. Uh, I'm sure you understood it, Yanzi. You were just trying to get under someone. Oh, it said I didn't read where it said conferences. That's my fault, Braz. I apologize for throwing you under the bus. Guys, we're we're working quickly here. I'm going back and forth. I'm saying words. I'm improvising. But the Big Ten, yeah, a bunch of pansies don't want to play college football. Um, <laughs> Pac-12, same deal. Doesn't surprise me that the Westerners don't want to play college football. Not liking where we're at, but in the heartland, you got the Big 12 in the Midwest. You got the SEC in the Southeast. They want to play football. I love it. I hope the ACC plays too. Um, I think that they can do it. I honestly do. Um, most of the classes are online anyway, so you're not – the players aren't going to be going to hang out with each other. They all live kind of separate with each other. They can do it. Um, I, I just really don't see a reason why – especially with the movement of all of the players coming out and saying that they want to play all the coaches in the big 10 saying that they think they can do it. I don't love that the presidents took it on themselves to tell the conference. Yeah, we're going to vote not to play, but it is, it is what it is. I mean, it was just last week that we were doing our over unders on games played before the season got canceled. It still could be in a, could be in play if some conferences do play. Um, but we already have two conferences that have dropped out. So I guess maybe the under hit because two conferences dropped out. I don't exactly know how that worked. But. I, I think the bet gets voided. I think it's canceled. Voided? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it's too mixed now. But um, I love to see the Big 12 double down and say they want to play. I love the ACC. Um, a kid I went to high school with. My first high school, he's the kicker for UVA. I saw a picture on his social media of him at practice the other day. So love to see that they're out on the field. Um, the SEC is still going. So hope, hopefully at least one makes it there. Jans, didn't didn't Michigan hold a practice the day of the cancellation? Did they? I didn't see I'm that. I'm pretty sure they did. I'm like, and Harbaugh came out saying like, they're like they they weren't breaking any rules by any means because it was like an optional practice or something. But I thought it was so funny that like the day of it's canceled and Michigan's still holding the practice. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, Harbaugh's been one of the biggest critics of the canceling of the season. Um, I know. Let's let's time out. Postponement. 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 Sorry, postponing to the spring. Um, I agree, but you know I think they make a good point. It's not really feasible to expect these guys to play in the spring and then turn around and play in the fall again. Um, I think you at least try in the fall, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It is what it is. But um, I, I think they're going to have just as good of a chance of it working in the fall as they will of it working in the in the spring. Um, so I don't think that a, a lot changes. Um, I did think that it was funny that ESPN showed that all the players wanting to play, all the coaches wanting to play, and then they just gave a little, hey, Donald Trump tweets, let them play college football. That was probably his most popular tweet ever, something that everyone can get behind. It would, I, I think it has so many retweets from people who probably hate him. It was good fun. Everyone wants to play. I say you let the kids play. And if they don't play, how? Like this has been a topic around sports um, talk shows, just like what we are. But what, what goes on with the NFL draft then if these college kids aren't playing in their final year of eligibility and stuff like that? How is it going to affect the NFL draft? And I mean, there's obviously a lot of implications that go into all this. So I, it, it won't affect the Packers. They won't take a wide receiver. Um, so, I mean, they don't have to look at any wide receiver film. So Bateman, throw it out the window. Uh, um, yeah, they, they'll be fine. I mean, I don't know about other teams. Johnny, I... Bateman probably still in their window because they'll probably have a top 10 pick somewhere around there. So <laughs> at least be on the board. They'll have the opportunity to pass him up. I think, um, I think Joe Burrow had an interesting take on this. He said that, you know, if this happened to me, I'm looking for a job right now. I mean, if Joe Burrow doesn't have the season that he had last year because of cancellation, he, he's not an NFL quarterback. Instead, he's the number one pick. So I do find it unfortunate that a lot of these players are – kind of being taken that opportunity away from them, especially when I think that most of it is for public perception. I think that schools want to show that they care and are trying, but the players want to play, the coaches want to play, the scientists say, let's go back to school. I mean, why not let them try? I, I don't really get it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really sad to see. Um, I didn't see Burroughs' tweet, but I like, brought up a thought. These kids have been playing – for their whole lives. They've been going for this goal of theirs to make to the NFL. And because of a cancellation and 
hypothetically last season, they could never see that dream. Like you said, Joe Burrow, if this was last season, his dream would have never been accomplished. And all that hard work pretty much is down the drain. And it's awful to see the amount of work these guys have put in year after year. Like, they give up so much stuff to play the sport they love and just to see, like, their dream kind of thrown away. It is really sad. I, I think it's way too much of a generalization to say all players want to play, though. I mean, I saw a tweet today. P.J. Flack was doing his interviews with golfer players. He interviewed 30 by the time the tweet was out, and all 30 accordingly said – or reportedly said that they agreed with the decision to postpone the season. So, like, I would, I'm sure most players want to play, but I do think there are a lot that don't. So, A, I, I want to, like, be clear. I never said all players want to play. I said the players want to play. I think because the most vocal ones, obviously, I think that the stars, the ones who have the biggest platforms, are advocating to play is where it comes from. And I'm sure that there are players who don't want to, but I'm going to be honest, then don't play. You don't have to. Um, maybe the schools should say that, hey, we're not going to take your scholarship away if you don't want to play. Maybe the school says if you have a health issue, you don't have to play. Maybe the coaches say if you don't feel comfortable with it, just don't play. You have 100 guys on a college football roster. I mean, you're going to be able to find enough to play. And also what I will say is I, I don't want to, like, you know, make anything up or put anything out there, but I'm sure that the players to a degree are being told by some programs or some coaches to not vocally oppose this um i'm sure that that is going on in some i'm not saying it happened at minnesota or with pj fleck i'm just saying like a lot of the the people with the biggest platforms are wanting to play right now um and i would like to see maybe the guys who don't want to given the option to sit out and keep their scholarship i'm also interested to see like the long-term effect on this money-wise for schools i think it's very widely known that football has the biggest income uh, for these college sports, it it is the reason these other sports are able to have seasons. Um, that's not information that is like hard to find. That's very out there. So it's gonna be interesting to see what sports are also taking a negative effect because of a college football season not happening. Um, I think we're gonna see these uh, programs having to cut off some of their other lower sports because they don't have the money to fund them anymore. Yeah, we're already seeing that across the country. Um, a handful of of schools have, have cut those other programs, which is which is sad to see. Um, I, I think that regardless, I mean, a lot of them did that even without football being canceled. So I just think that like no spring sports, um, no revenue coming in in general, I think already would have caused that anyways. But yeah, like this you no know, football for um, a handful of months is going to just exacerbate that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Baraz, personally, I did not watch Hard Knocks. I'm moving to the NFL here. Did you watch it? Yes. Did anyone watch it? I'm going to today. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I was a little behind on it, but I watched it the other day, and it was great. We've got two teams this year, both in Los Angeles, the Chargers and the Rams. Um, it's obviously a very different season. We're getting a lot of information about the protocols that these teams are taking to um, prevent any players from contracting the virus. Um, that being said, Anthony Lynn himself got the virus he uh revealed that right at the beginning of the show and i just gotta say i'm a huge anthony lynn fan he is great personality awesome for the show we've got sean McVay on the other side of the rams the rams were on hard knocks with jeff fisher years back um so we get to see more aaron donald um yeah seven and nine jeff fish um but can we just point out too how beautiful the chargers jerseys are like that color combination is just beautiful. But I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, the rest of the season, for sure. And the Chargers, if Tyrod Taylor does, he, he hasn't been very turnover prone, believe it or not, in his career. He hasn't thrown many interceptions. He's not the most turnover prone quarterback, which is good. If Tyrod Taylor can put together an average season, that Chargers team is going to be a real contender in the AFC. That defense is stacked. But I want to talk about the NFL for a second, and hopefully they can get the season rolling right. And I know they're not going to do a bubble, but if they were, I mean, I think they could do a bubble right in Blake's living situation. I mean, Blake's living situation, you could have three teams there and they won't even run into contact with each other over in Malibu. It's beautiful. What a spot that Blake is in over at Pepperdine. I could not be more jealous. I'm, this is a hundred percent of the heart. Put Thank the you. bubble in Blake Brasner's spot. Let's put it there. Appreciate it. Only we got the NFC North teams here. What? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, no Vikings, Bears, Lions allowed here. So the Packers can stay here. 
Maybe the Chargers and the Rams can come by nearby too if they're from LA, but yeah. but no no Vikings Bears lines, please. Oh my god. But I appreciate it very much and I miss you guys. <laughs> I can't wait till the four of us record a pod on the beach drinking Ronas. Just saying it's gonna be great. Um hopefully that'll be happening in the next coming months. Saying with the NFL, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey both signed contract extensions around um, the same amount. George Kittle's is $15 million a year, um, five-year, $75 million. Travis Kelsey's is about $14.25 million, I want to say. Quick math, um, four years, $57 million. Um, happy for both of them. I think that it's very fitting that their pay is almost the same. Um, I don't think that the years really matter. They both have long-term extensions at this point worth a lot of money, so happy for those guys. Anyone else have more on that? What really matters is the guaranteed money in those deals. Everyone gets so caught up in NFL contracts about the term, the money. All that matters is the guaranteed money, and I know George Kittle, he got the most money for a time. Um, so, I mean, he deserves every penny. Same with Kelsey. I think everyone's basically top two is Kittle, then Kelsey, um, and then I think there's a pretty good drop-off. But those guys deserve it. They're great blocking tight ends. They get open in space. They break tackles. They're, they just do it all for their clubs. Yeah, $40 million guaranteed for George Kittle. That's a great deal for him. Um, and then Travis Kelsey had two years on his contract remaining. They extended him for another four, so he's tied with the Chiefs for another six years. Obviously, Mahomes got his deal done, too, so Chiefs dynasty is going to continue. Also, Joey Bosa received a really huge contract. Um, five years, I believe, hundred. Thirty million, some of them around there. Not sure on the guaranteed money, but very well deserved there. And his brother's about to get another huge deal too. <clears throat> Daniel Hunter, Kenny Clark. Sorry, I didn't even hear anything there. <laughs> well, do you, what do you guys think about? I I know Joey Bosa is one of the best edge rushers in the league. What do you think about paying a D lineman that much though? I mean, we saw what the Niners just did with DeForest Buckner. They got their use out of him, signed him to a big ticket, and traded him. Um, like, I don't know how much you can put into one guy in the D-line to make sure that – because D-line, I think, is probably the most important spot besides quarterback for me on an NFL roster in this current in this current NFL era. Um, but how much is too much to pay an edge rusher? Like, you just can't afford to put $50 million on a D-line. What do you guys think? Yeah, or, like, you can go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, that's a good point. I'm just looking at the rest of their defense. I mean, their linebackers, Melvin Ingram, Denzel Perryman, and their secondary. They've got Derwin James still on his rookie contract, Casey Hayward. So they've got pieces on the defense for sure all about, um, all along the defense. But that's a really good point. I mean, we've seen Yannick Nagakwe not be able to get a good deal done. So, uh, AJ, what do you think? Um, I was going to say, like, I feel like in – this NFL that we're in right now, um, it's not really as much defense wins championships anymore than I think it used to be. Um, so I think when you're spending so much money on these uh, pieces of defense, it's hard to really replicate that on offense as well with the salary cap. And I think offense is where you want to be spending your big bucks, especially with what uh, quarterbacks are being paid right now, um, what some of these running backs are asking for. So I think it honestly is – it's um, it depends on which team you're looking at and the players they have. Um but I think it's it's it is really tough to be throwing that much money, especially at an edge rusher or even a D line. Johnny, what I was gonna say though is I think offensive line is a pretty high up there. I think you'd probably put them at number three then if you have D line and quarterback at your one and two. Um, so I think O line is definitely up there too. I want to like the key pieces for teams. Well, yeah, it's uh, Joey. I didn't mean to say Joey Bosa is worth that money based on what others are getting paid. Um, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. The one thing with paying him that much, they're going to have Justin Herbert on his rookie deal. So I didn't really think about that. Which yeah. that's if you can And that's what him. I meant. Like, it depends what team you're looking at because it depends um, what players you're like, – who you're already paying. Like, you can't go to Dallas and expect to be an edge rusher there making that much because you see how much it is put on their offense. So it, it does really depend on what team you're looking at and how much money they can throw at your players. I think in the best the best teams in the league, there's all one commonality on them. Obviously, they have good quarterbacks. They all just can get pressure up the middle and force the QB out of the pocket. I look at San Francisco. I look at Frank Clark, Chris Jones on the, or on the Chiefs. All these good teams are able to get pressure up the middle, force the quarterbacks away. So I think I think that's how you build your defense. And honestly, I wasn't saying that like defenses don't win championships anymore. I just think like – it's not as much as I think it used to be. I think defenses were a lot more praised. Um, and you could see defenses really taking over games. Um, I mean, you even saw the Patriots, the Eagles, Super Bowl, or Rams, sorry, um, how low scoring that was. But 
I think more or less you're seeing these offenses really take control of games, and it's, it's kind of like which offense can score more rather than which defense is going to hold them to less points. So, I, I think that that um, has a lot – or is very similar, I should say, to the um, NBA. Like It's just in general, athletes are getting better every single year. So the more the bigger, stronger, faster athletes get over time, the harder it is to stay in front of them um, in a wide open space when you're the one having to move backwards um, and trying to react to them. Um, players are people say, "Oh, there's no defense in the NBA." That's not true. Guys are just too good. That's why, as time goes on, you're going to see more passing in the NFL you're going to see defense mattering less because receivers are just going to become relatively unguardable until you really find a way to scheme out but the more good receivers you have as long as you have time to block um so that's why as Johnny pointed out you should build a lot through the defensive line if I heard that correctly um because that helps with your coverage that gives less time for the receiver to break open but as athletes get better defenses will inevitably become less important because they're just going to become that much harder to build. Tying that into the baseball, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about like the different baseball. You're seeing offenses put up uh, more runs recently. You're seeing the home run record that was broken last year, but you're seeing more production from these offenses um, year after year. So I think it, it ties into all sports. It's not always just like the bigger um, and more athletic guys because baseball is obviously not all about that. But it's just you're seeing these players that that are just overcoming defenses, pitchers, whatever it is. They're just they're learning the game differently and they're playing different styles. Right. I, I think um, hockey is a little bit of a different story just because you have a goalie in net, um, so that does you know lessen the effect of it to a certain degree. Um, and defenses, as they've gotten more athletic, you know they they they. It, I don't know why, but it seems easier on ice. Um, it, like better for it's less of a gap between offense and defense when you put them on ice. I think in the MLB, and this is just me spitballing. I think fielding, as you said, is going to become less important the more that strikeouts and, and home runs become the name of the game. Um, like Carter Keyboom, for example, the new third baseman on the Nats can't field worth a damn, um, but he's batting like over 300. So no one cares right now um, because the ball's not being hit to him very often because everyone's striking out and everyone's hitting home runs. So I do think you'll see as time goes on off um, defense in these sports will become less important as a whole. I mean, you're seeing that MLB already like teams are shifting because like the normal defense isn't, that's not really a thing anymore. Like you're always adapting to how the offense is playing. So if a player pulls the ball, it's obviously smarter to have three guys on the right side or left side, right, right or lefty, but it's smarter to adjust your defense to the offensive skill. Right. So exactly. So you'll see more adjustments, and once those adjustments stop mattering, um, you'll see more investment going into hitting as time goes on. I think we're already seeing that a little bit. All right, guys, let's wrap up with likes and dislikes. Um, I'm feeling nice again today. I'll go first, even though I'm I'm rambling right now because I have no idea what I'm going to say. Um, I like that Karis LeVert is no longer a secret to the rest of the world. Um, last year, they played the 76ers in the playoffs, um, and I was walking around campus telling everyone that Karis LeVert was the best player on the Nets. And everyone was telling me I was insane. They were going, no, it's D'Angelo Russell, and blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, Karis LeVert played way better in that series, and he's showing everyone that the kid was born to score. So I'm glad he's not a, a secret anymore. My dislike is seeing the Big Ten go back on their plans and deciding not to play. Um, kind of turns into a second like. I love that the Big 12 is doubling down and that the ACC and SEC are continuing to try. Um, my like, I mean, we know, we all know this is a Chipotle podcast. I think we can say that. No free ads, but, yeah, we're a Chipotle podcast. Rewards. <laughs> Chipotle Red Hot on the side is honestly unbelievable. I got it for the first time. It enhanced the flavor of everything. So right when I get off this podcast, run into Chipotle and – I'm just going to get red hot on the side. It's it's delicious. Blake loves his red hot. I love it all too. Um, my dislike, so Tuka Rass, the Boston goaltender, Boston Bruins goaltender, good goalie. He's won big games. He 
<clears throat> so he hasn't won a cup, though. So he gets some hate in Boston. Anyways, Boston la- lost last night to Carolina. That series is 1-1. After the game, Tuka Rask was just being honest. He's like, this doesn't feel like playoff hockey. There's no fans. Fans make it playoff hockey. When they're booing you, they're cheering you. doesn't feel like playoff hockey. All these people on Twitter and in the media get butthurt that Tuka Rask says it doesn't feel like playoff hockey. Why do we get mad at athletes for telling us what they actually think? But then we're always annoyed with them because we're always getting these boring press conferences. Let's start letting these athletes actually tell us what they think and how the game is going versus get mad at them when they tell us something we don't want to hear. That's perfectly fine. It probably doesn't feel like playoff hockey. So let's stop getting mad at them. Instead, let's take the truth and be happy we got actual credible evidence to why he says that. That's That just became like a dislike for me too. I, I hate that. It's super annoying. Um, but I'll, I'll go into my like and dislike. Um, my like was something I already mentioned. It's just the progression and the MLB with um, this small amount of COVID tests that have been positive. Um, it's obviously a good sign going forward, and I'm really hoping that the season can continue, can continue and that the NFL can use it and see that a bubble isn't always needed. Yes, you're going to have your bumps here and there, but it is possible. Um so I really hope the NFL can see what the MLB is doing, use um, the precautions that they are within their team and stuff like that uh, to have the season be able to happen. Because I know all four of us are looking forward to some fantasy baseball or fantasy football, and I know a bunch of our listeners are too. So NFL, do what you got to do. Let's get it done. Um, my dislike is, it's same with Jans, it's just I'm disappointed to see that the Big Ten is not going to have football in the fall. Yes, it still could happen in the spring, but we all know that's not going to be the same. Um, I think if it was to be in the spring, it'd be an eight weeks eight week season, uh, which is already a cutback from the normal season. And I just want to see Tanner Morgan in, in the maroon and gold for as much as I can. And I don't know how long he's going to be there, so just give me some Tanner. All right, I'll jump into mine. Um, my like is going to be just these NBA players we've seen balling out between Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, like Jan said, pulling up from the logo, and then the TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler beef. There's just been great content going on in this NBA um, restart. Now I can't wait for the playoffs to start. Um, I'm not going to give a dislike, but it's not going to be a like. I'm going to give a neutral thumb here. I'm going to introduce a neutral thumb. This is for us listeners. We've had a neutral. Neutral. Um, The Green Bay Packers... Did not draft a wide receiver, yes, Johnny. They did just sign two, Malik Turner and Travis Fulham. Um, they're both solid athletes, decent size, but they lack speed. So, in essence, they're a Green Bay Packers receiver because all Green Bay Packers receivers <laughs> lack speed, are good athletes, and have decent size, but they can't run for shit. So, oh, that's that's my neutral pick. Yes, I got a quick question regarding Blake's like. So, we're getting to play off basketball does that mean is this when the fights are going to start coming out in the hotel or was i'm telling you we're having beef everywhere it's too bad mo wagner's gone because everyone knows he would have beat the crap out of Giannis ante de Kumpo. um but we're gonna see dame uh well russell westbrook is hurt so if he gets healthy before portland gets knocked out or if they play each other or blah 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 then we'll see a fight i'm telling you guys there's beef going on in the nba um it's too, bad. It's too bad the Suns didn't make it because maybe Devin Booker and Ben Simmons, you know, if Ben Simmons were to go back into the bubble now that Devin Booker is hitting on um, Kendall Jenner. Uh, uh, what's her name? Kendall, Ky- Kendall Jenner. Uh, there's going to be a fight breaking out about that. I'm telling you, we're going to hear floor four of that building, whatever it's called, fight breakout, middle of the playoffs. I can't say, as casual NBA guy, I love Damian Lillard. He is one of my favorite players in the league. That dude, he just has a drive about him where he just wants to win. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. Love watching him. I also love that he dropped his sneaker prices to $61, and they only had size 17. So I bought them. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) I wanted them. They're super cool. They're out. Oh, they're out? Wait. Love Lillard. Go talk about Johnny with the new name drop. The the casual NBA guy. (laughs) (laughs) No. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Love that. 
Johnny, you should make a Twitter account called the Casual NBA Guy, where you tweet like stupid things. <laughs> Johnny, well, I will be a casual NHL guy. I think that fits perfectly for me. Well, I just hate when, like, if I want to talk sports, if someone wants to talk sports with me, I'm all for it. But like, I don't want you to like get me heated about a topic in my sport when you're casual about it because you probably don't really know what you're saying. So I'm gonna do better at that. I'm still gonna. I love talking NBA. I love talking sports, but like. Don't, I'm, I'm done getting sucked into stupid conversations with people that they don't know anything about the sport. Funny is, casual, John, casual NBA guy here. That's what it is. Johnny, I hope you stick to that, but you've been saying that for like eight months now that you're going to stop getting sucked into sport, to arguments. Um, you've been saying it since the winter. You've been telling me that, yeah, I'm going to stop arguing with people about sports. No, but the, the, sport, the sports talk is different. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Johnny, if you make a Twitter account for NBA casual guy, I promise you I'll do one for NHL. And I think it'll be like a Russo account. You remember that one? <laughs> Might have to. Do you remember that Russo account we made? No. Oh, my God. We made like a fall. Um, oh, what was it? AJ, yeah, hop on that casual NHL. I think it'd be so funny. Jan's last question. Who is the MVP of the NBA restart? Is it Booker? Is it Lillard? Is it TJ Warren? Um, okay, TJ Warren didn't show up when he played his arch nemesis, Jimmy Butler. He kind of cowered and only scored 14 points. Um, plantar so, fasciitis in his foot. What's up? He's got plantar fasciitis in his foot, but I agree. I, I, I get it. I think that was a cover story because he was embarrassed. <laughs> but um, you'll see. He'll be back game one of the playoffs. Guarantee it. Um, can't be Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker was great. Don't get me wrong. But um, it's just Damian Lillard. Is da- I mean, listen. As soon as he hit the three from the logo, it was locked up. If you, you hit the three from the logo, you're MVP. It's that simple. Um, he's just – he's an animal. Johnny, I love him too. As you were saying, um, people don't know, he's actually a really talented rapper as well. Look up his freestyle um, on Sway in the Morning. Absolutely electric. Um, on top of that, he respects game. Game respects game. When he said in his post game. Um, when they were interviewing him about how great he played, he goes, Karis LeVert, that dude is cold. Like, respect. To have a superstar say that about a young guy, that's pretty cool. Love everything about Lillard. It's got to be him. That's all I got, boys. Yep. Until next week. Enjoy sports until then. The golf clap for Blake's first pod over at his new home. And one more welcome to Charlie Levine-Wolf for joining the crew. Clown. Sir. Thanks, guys.